Good morning and welcome to Ask Andy. This is a daily podcast on the ins and outs of personal injury practice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Andrew Newworth. I can be reached at 215-259-3687 or on the web at newworthlaw, N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H-L-A-W.com. I wanted to talk to you today about pre-existing conditions and your personal injury case. So oftentimes people who are, you know, 50 or older have some pre-existing conditions just because, you know, as we age, our, our spine and our muscles and our bones get older and don't react as well to being hit by cars, being in a car that was hit, falling down, etc. So a lot of people come to me and said, well, you know, I always had back problems, but now they're worse. Or I always had some arthritis, but now it's worse. So, you know, and do I have a case is sort of the usual question. Or, you know, people who are really reluctant to sue will often say, you know, let me, in the spirit of full disclosure, let me let me tell you X, Y, or Z. Now, what they most people don't know is that, you know, a big part of the personal injury lawyer's job is ordering your medical records and going through them with a fine-tooth comb. So I spent a lot of years as a defense lawyer looking for problems in people's medical records. My wife is a physician. I've spent a lot of time cross-examining doctors. So I know my way around a medical record, you know, better than most lawyers, perhaps not better than most doctors. But unlike doctors, I actually spend a tremendous amount of time focusing in on the details and how they sort of knit together. Whereas your doctor is looking for a bigger picture and trying to help you, I'm, I'm looking, for the most part, trying to cross-examine you. So let's say you come to me with a car accident and a prior back injury. Does that mean that you don't have a case? No, absolutely not. In fact, you know, most of the time what happens is someone's rear-ended or there's some sort of clear accident or crash where, you know, you're not at fault. I don't want to take cases where, you, you know, you're somewhat at fault. That's not, you know, good business and it's not going to lead to a happy client. So the next question is, well, you know, were you injured in the crash? Yeah, of course. Let's say you went to the hospital, you needed some treatment, so on and so forth. So we got no question about injury. We got no question about car accident. Where the defense lawyer is going to focus, and rightfully so, is whether you had a prior, you know, back condition where they can argue to the judge or to the jury hey, look, this person had back pain before, they have back pain after, there's really no harm from this. So then the question really becomes like, well, what was your pre-existing condition? Now, first of all, just as a threshold matter, does that mean you can't bring a case? Absolutely not. There's actually specifically a jury instruction that's read to your trial jury saying you can recover for what's called aggravation of a pre-existing condition. So that's, you know, the big threshold is, oh, absolutely, you can argue that you had a worsening of your pre-existing back pain or arthritis or whatever. But, you know, significantly, if you had back pain before and back pain after and nothing's really changed, you know, how big a case do you have? You probably don't have a big case. But let's say you had some back pain before and all of a sudden after the car accident, you're getting you know, we'll call it epidural steroid injections, or worse, you're having, you know, your nerve had to be burned out in a radiofrequency ablation. 
those are you know serious invasive procedures and, and it's a pretty simple argument you never needed that before the car accident and now you need it after the car accident so you know that's clearly in my mind a result of the car accident are you going to get some pushback are you going to have to answer some questions saying you know did you have back pain before yes i did well, what happens if you're not properly prepared or your lawyer didn't order the records or maybe you're not completely forthcoming with your lawyer, you know, and you say, well, not really. Then you're going to get beaten over the head with medical records showing you did have prior back pain. So, you know, I tell all my clients, I tell every single person, you know, I, I can be a tough pain in the ass lawyer, but. I'm as honest as the day is long. I want you to tell the truth. Nothing, nothing good ever comes of, of shading the truth. Uh, so, look, it's better to everyone's on the same page, both defense lawyers and, you know, your lawyer. Everyone knows that you had this, you know, minor, we'll call it back pain. But at the same time, it's gotten worse. Sometimes it's a lot worse. You know, sometimes you may need a lifetime of, of pain care, whereas you didn't need it previously. So that would be an aggravation of a pre-existing condition. Absolutely nothing wrong with bringing that case. Next question for a lot of people is like, okay, I have a case. Great. The next step in most, you know, reasonable people's minds is how does that affect my case? Like, is it still worthwhile to bring a case? In other words, like, does it reduce the value of your case? So, yeah, I think it it does reduce the value of your case, and, and I think most people would understand that. Uh, as long as you're honest and you can say that there's a change, that, you know, my back pain is worse and I didn't have to go through all this, you'll still get compensated for that. But it's different than, you know, if you were a 30-year-old, you never had back pain, and all of a sudden you need back injections. Now, you know, the the corollary to that are the, you know, unsurprisingly, most 30-year-olds don't need back injections after car accidents because their spines are much more pliable or resilient or whatever you want to call it. They don't get as badly injured as people who are older. And the reason for that is is just simple sort of aging of the spine. And I'll just talk for a minute about that. But basically, as we get older, the discs, which are sort of a silly putty-like material between your vertebrae, between the bones of your spine, those discs slowly lose their resiliency. They're like a mattress that gets slowly crushed down over time and doesn't get changed. And as those bones get closer together, because the mattress between them is not supporting them as well, you know, they slowly get closer and closer together. And in an accident, some of that mattress material or the disc material may push out and sit down on top of the nerves which run off your spine. So they run off your spinal cord which runs between your spinal vertebrae. And if your vertebrae start pushing down on those nerves, it's going to cause what? What do you think? It's going to cause a couple things. It's going to cause pain if your nerve is compressed enough. Sometimes it causes numbness. You have two different kinds of nerves. There are sensory nerves, which means, you know, they allow you to feel, you know, pain, but the absence of pain is numbness. And you have motor nerves, which allow you to move things. So all of a sudden, you know, if you can't move your 
left pinky finger, you know, modern medicine can tell you exactly which nerve is affected. So, you know, you, you could be walking around with an 80-year-old spine in a 50-year-old's body, never have a problem, never notice anything. You're in a car accident and boom, your spinal vertebrae are just pushed slightly closer together because that disc material that was separating them is squeezed out by the impact. Now that squeezed out disc compresses the nerve, causes shooting back pain into your, let's say, into your left hand and left fingertips. We can tell you, there's something called a dermatome diagram, we can tell you that, you know, you injured a nerve in your neck in that accident, and it will heal eventually, hopefully, but for the moment you're going to have numbness or shooting pain into that arm because, you know, C6 is, is affected. So, you know, did you ever have numbness or, or tingling before this? Not in your medical records, and, and certainly you're not going to remember it. You know, if it wasn't bad enough to make you go to the doctor, you're probably not going to remember having that. So, um, that's pretty much pre-existing conditions. There are 9,000 different ones. I'm actually working on an interesting case now where a guy had an undiagnosed pre-existing condition where his... Um, nerve and, and a artery ran very closely together, never bothered him before the accident. All of a sudden he has the accident and now the nerve is mis, misfiring. And in this guy's case, the misfiring nerve causes a facial twitch that's, you know, apparent and obvious and he never had before. So did he have a pre-existing condition in his body or in his, you know, in his skull where this, you know, he has kind of a unusual anatomy that's kind of what doctors would say. Um, yeah. Did it ever bother him before? No. Is it a pre-existing condition? Eh, maybe. So does he have a case? Absolutely, in my mind. Anyway, that's the um, enough for today on pre-existing conditions and um, a little bit of spinal anatomy. If you need my help, I'm Andrew Newworth. I'm available, 215-259-3687 or on the web. I hold people accountable. Have a great day.